Money Roots is made possible by the support of our sponsor, Rooted Planning Group. Are you ready to take control of your financial future? Look no further than Rooted Planning Group, your trusted partner in financial well-being. At www.rootedpg.com, you'll discover a wealth of resources and expertise to help you thrive financially. Rooted Planning Group specializes in personalized financial planning, investment management, and retirement strategies. They understand that every financial journey is unique, and they're here to guide you every step of the way. With a team of experienced advisors, Rooted Planning Group is committed to helping you cultivate a secure and prosperous future. Visit www.rootedpg.com today to learn more about how Rooted Planning Group can help you grow your money roots. Hey, podcast listeners. Today's guest is Hallie Seeger. You'll hear me announce her name. It's Hallie Seeger like Bob Seeger. In the beginning of our conversation, we talked a lot about wines, lots of wines. And I mentioned that we'd have them in the show notes. But to be honest with you, there's a few too many to have in the show notes. So instead, what I'd love for you to do is go on your own journey and investigate some of these wines out on your own because as you know i always say life is about events supported by your dollar and cents i hope you enjoy this show with holly and i really hope you enjoy the upcoming wine and dime event that we're going to be having we'll be posting that in our blog so if you want more information feel free to subscribe to our blog and give the office a call and we'll get you registered You are listening to Wine and Dime, the podcast that combines two passions, wine and personal finance, with your host, Amy Irvine. Amy is a certified financial planner and owner of Rooted Planning Group and author of Uncork Your Finances. You can learn more about Amy by heading over to the website, www.rootedpg.com. And now on to the show. Take it away, Amy. Welcome to this edition of Wine and Dime. Today's guest is Hallie Seeger, like the singer Bob Seeger. We're really excited to have Hallie. If you've been following my uh, blogs or our weekly Monday morning quarterback, then you'll know that I've sort of set the stage for Hallie um, coming in and doing this podcast as well as the Wine and Dime events that we're going to be doing later this year. Hallie provides mindset mentoring and she can be found at www.hallieseeger and that's H-O-L-L-Y-S-E-G-U-R.com. She lists herself as an executive mentor, but as you're going to hear in this conversation, she is so much more. Holly, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Amy. It's an (laughs) honor to be here. Thank you for having me. Well, um, Holly and I met because a colleague of ours introduced the two of us, said we should go out to lunch sometime and connect. And by the end of that meeting, that lunch meeting that we had, we sort of pushed our colleague out of the way and said, go go play. We have things to do. I think we pretty much made him feel like he was not sitting at the table with us, but he was a good sport about it for sure. Because <laughs> we talked about all the things from um, aging, you know, things that were going on with our bodies oh, to yes. struggles that we were having to dreams that we had all within like an hour and a half. So it was an absolute delightful meeting. And the more that Holly and I talked, 
about, gosh, there's gosh, there's some synergy here. There's something that we should be doing. And, and we were talking about um, uh, a couple of different things. And then something came up about wine. And I'm like, oh, she is definitely my <laughs> friend. <laughs> because I never turned out a glass of wine. <laughs> so before we even get into the topic of what you are venturing out, and I think so many of our clients could benefit from, um, tell me about your favorite wine and why you love it so much. Oh, you know, I, for years, I was afraid to drink wine and I didn't think I liked it. And I would sip it and kind of scrub my nose at it. Um, but then I got introduced to some really good Cabernet and, um, Oh, I was a deep, dark, dry red wine drinker for so many years. A Merlot, um, a dark cab, mm-hmm. love those. Mm-hmm. And then um, my niece, who loves all the sweet wines that I'm not a big fan of, tastes like fruit juice, <laughs> actually introduced me to some of the crisp, light white wines. Uh-huh. And next thing you know, now I'm full on into it. And um, I'm fortunate enough to have had a lot of exposure to wine through my professional work. Uh-huh. But then, you know, I do enjoy going to the wineries here in the area. Um, but I like wine from just about anywhere. Do you have I'm a fa- favorite winery here in the Finger Lakes area? Um, you know, I, I hate to pick just one because I, know, I don't want to show preference <laughs> I know. because I find that when I go around the lakes and I stop in and I taste, I really enjoy almost everything. And so I end up with a case of wine <laughs> and some menagerie of selections from all of the different wineries. And, um, you know, certainly I love our, our, our white, uh, wines here in the area. I mean, the Rieslings are just amazing. Yeah. Um, so I, I, yeah, I love them all. I, I will drink a glass of Riesling. I'm not a huge fan of it. I think it, I, um, I'm, I tend to be more of a rosé because I'm a red girl. Oh, you know? So yeah. I, you know, rosé is about as white as I can. Chicken mustard, yeah. <laughs> Although we do, we are, we are producing some good Pinot Grigios and yes. some, some nice dry Rieslings in this area. But yeah, I, I came across... Um, Prejean Winery on Seneca oh, yes. Lake, and they, I have to admit, are probably doing one of the best rosés. You have to get up there and try mm. it. And they also are doing a fabulous job with their Riesling. Um, it is oak barrel aged at the end yes. of the aging cycle, so you get this. You you think you're drinking a Chardonnay, but with that Riesling crispness is wow. the only way I can explain it. So they've gotten a few mentions on this show um, because of that particular, it's, I like a real buttery Chardonnay. So, mm-hmm. you know, that Riesling kind of fits within my palate. Um, right. And it's, it's just very unique. Like when we went up there, because we had tried that Riesling, we went up there and because I'm like, they had to have mislabeled that. That can't be a Riesling. <laughs> Isn't it funny when you taste it? You're like, this. I don't what. I don't. It's like nothing I've ever had before. And it was funny that the one of my favorites are from Thirsty Owl, and I, the, the first time I was introduced to it, I was in Saratoga. Yeah, yeah. And was, they have a they have a location there. Yeah, yeah. I was at a, in a yeah. restaurant. It was served to me, and I'm like, wait, this is from the Finger Lakes. Yeah. I'm in Saratoga. This yeah. is fantastic. So I, of course, had to go up and buy a few bottles because yeah. their wines are, are they do delicious. a really good blend too. Outside red blend. Anyway, those are wine. Yeah, we forward to. <laughs> we'll try to list all those that we mentioned in the show notes yes. because they're um, definitely 
for those of you that aren't drinkers, then um, wine drinkers, then you know you can give those as gifts to friends that are. <laughs> yes, for sure. So I want to dig into some of the wonderful things that we did cover in our first meeting and our subsequent meetings that we've had since then. But first, I want people to know a little bit about Holly because when you and I first met, you said um, you you know, you really wanted to help the next generation and that, that mentoring aspect of things, but you wanted to take it to the next level. Mm-hmm. And you got into a little bit of your own journey as to why, because we all have a reason as to why we, we want to do what we want to do. So I'd love to hear a little bit about you as far as like your background and, you know, kind of coming forward to why you want to be a money men- or excuse me, a mind mentor, mindset mentor. Sure. So I am not originally from this area. I moved here, I would say mid-career. I was just about 30 uh, when I came into the area for marriage. And, and you're a sparkling 29 now, right? I was sparkling 29, <laughs> indeed, a couple of times over. Um, and, you know, I was a banker before I came into this area. And I was really struggling to find um, employment. And I Tempt. I worked as an administrative assistant. I was um, in retail, did whatever I could until I landed an opportunity at Corning Incorporated, which was just phenomenal. But I was hired in as a technician, doing a job that I had no experience for, but I pretty much, you know, tap danced my way around with the hiring supervisor and said, I promise you, I won't let you down. I'm a quick learner. Um, and so that was the beginning of my career with Corning. And I knew that once I got in the door, I just needed to weave in the skills and competencies that I brought from my previous life in in New York City. And I uh, did that and found myself 20 years later, I'm, uh, you know, now in an executive position with, with the company. And I am often asked by people, you know, how did you do that? How did you take your career from being a technician to a member of the corporate management group at morning mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. and in a relatively short period mm-hmm. of time, um, how did that happen? Especially being outside this community because yes. it is a very tough community to acclimate it, to. It is. Yeah. It's all about relationships. Yeah. It's who you know. And, um, and, and so I always say my first answer is always, I had a lot of mentors. And from day one, I was introduced to the concept at Corning. They had a coaching program 25 years ago. They talked about getting a coach. And I asked everyone who would talk to me to spend time with me so I could ask questions, learn about the culture, learn about the corporation. What would the expectations be for me as an employee and growing my career? And I've surrounded myself with some brilliant people many of whom I still work with today, Mm -hmm. who I'm so honored to still be in the same organization with. And um, I've learned that I need to pay it forward. So I have, through the years, been asked to mentor many uh, employees at Corning, um, both men and women, although primarily women, um, who want to understand how to manage their career. Because along the way, I I have family and children and all the elder care issues and marriage and, you know, divorce and the whole bit. Mm -hmm. And so um, I've always shared whatever I can. And I've always looked back and held a hand out to hope that I could bring other people forward with whatever I've gone through. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, as you get to that point in your career where you realize 
you know, I feel like there's an opportunity for me to have a greater contribution here. Mm. I love my work, um, but I also would like to help more people. And so that's what really, um, you know, conceived of the idea that I wanted to get out there and professionally offer my services, mm-hmm. my experience, my mm-hmm. story mm-hmm. Uh, to other people who um, are looking for some assistance, looking for a leg up, looking for a hand to pull them forward, um, or just looking to unpack what the heck is happening in my life right now. <laughs> something's not going right. And, a lot, and then one thing that I've learned in all of my years is that your mindset about a situation is absolutely essential. How you perceive where you are and what got you here and how stuck you mm-hmm. are mm-hmm. and your ability to get out of whatever is not working. Um, it's all a matter of how you look at it. Yeah. It's, it's sometimes as simple as something like, and I really, this was a revelation to me and it shouldn't have been. So 47 years old and I share my age because, you know, people that are listening can say, wow, it took her this long or they can say, okay, well, I'm her age and can relate to this particular situation. I realized that I'm a much happier person in the entire week. If I don't speak to anybody Monday morning between nine and noon, that's <laughs> brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> that my mindset gets in a particular frame. If I have that prep time between 9am and noon on Monday morning where nobody talks to me and I have the ability with a clear head, right? Cause I have a clear head on Monday morning to think it through and prepare for the week. Then my mindset, is extremely positive for the rest of the week. If anybody messes with that, mm-hmm. then my mindset is that the rest of this week is shot. Right. And it's sort of like the diet starts tomorrow mindset. Yes. I mean, it's the same kind of thing, right? And I and I made that connection between the diet starts tomorrow and my week is a wreck if my Monday isn't good. Right. And when I made that, like, I guess, ta-da moment <laughs> realization. I'm like, well, that's why I'm so grumpy Monday morning <laughs> because, you know, if something goes awry, I have it in my head that the rest of the week is going to be awry. Right. So if I can come in and say, all right, I've got this time on my calendar from 9 a.m. to noon. If it gets interrupted, you know, it gets interrupted. Then I have to figure out where I'm going to make up that time for prep. But if I don't let it ruin my week, it won't ruin my week. That's right. That's right. (laughs) Always remember that your mind is a muscle, just like your glutes, your biceps, your triceps. It's a muscle in your body. It doesn't think on its own. It has to be taught what to think. And so the whole concept of mindset work is understanding how did you program your mind in the first place? And how is your internal programming impacting your quality of life yeah. and your ability to be successful, to achieve your intentions? And if it's not in the right place, we have to flip that. Yeah. But also the important part of mindset work is, is remembering how the original thought construct came into being, right? Which is often linked to an experience that happened to us in our youth or in our formative years in our teen years, you know, you had an experience or someone taught you, this is just how it is. This is the rule. This is the norm. This is the manner that you must be. 
And you hold on to that until you are able to give yourself permission mm -hmm. to flip that thought. So change the direction of a Monday change morning. Change the direction yeah. of a Monday morning. Change yeah. the direction of any situation yeah. where you yeah. find yourself sort of, you know, in a place of fear, a place of anxiety, a place of anger, um, you know, finding the, and having the wherewithal and the presence of being in the moment to say, hold mm -hmm. on, hold on, hold on, yeah. hold on. Yeah. <laughs> I just have to breathe here for a minute and try to flip this around. Yeah. And part of your training is that, right? So you're part of your, part of the work that you do and part of the training you get as a mindset mentor is helping people flip that switch. It's yes. helping people go to the other side of the brain and say, wait a minute, hold on, hold on, hold on. Right. Right. And you and I have talked about kind of three different key areas um, that you spend some time working on. One is money mindset, which mm -hmm. of course got me right away. I'm like, tell me more, <laughs> tell me more. Gosh, go to stop there. You just said my yes. favorite words. Right? And then career mindset, which I thought when you actually listed out for me the different areas of, of thought that go behind career mindset, I'm like, oh gosh, I can see so many people that would be interested in that. And then taking it the next step into the personal mindset. So one thing that I remember reading about, and I actually, I saved, you had sent me some documents and I printed out one thing. And I remember um, reading one of the first things that you had put under personal mindset and it was soul and brain. And I just kept looking at that, looking at that, looking at that. I'm like, okay, I've got to ask her on the podcast, what does that mean? Because for some reason that phrase has caught my eye. <laughs> soul limbering is, um, it is really the concept of understanding yourself and really knowing who you are. Are you listening mm -hmm. to who you are? It is so easy for anyone, but especially professionals who have um, gone through a lifetime of programming, either from our family or from ourselves, of our expectations. We sort of become robotic about this is who I am. This is what I do. This is how I do it. And, you know, your intuition is linked directly to your soul's experience and what you're here for and what your natural abilities and what you love and what lights you on fire. Mm -hmm. And, you know, sometimes it's hard for people to pay attention to that mm -hmm. because, you know, if you are a person who is running a business in a corporation but really, when you were 18, you just wanted to be a dancer because you were a dancer all of your life since you were three. And you just wish that you could have been a dancer for the rest of your life. But your parents were like, no, that doesn't make money. It's too risky, blah, blah, blah. You're going to go to college, get a business degree. You know, you, you're, you left behind a part of yourself that is very much attracted to that creative mm -hmm. movement, flow, um, right-brained Mm -hmm. environment of living. Mm -hmm. And so soul limbering is really understanding and getting back in touch with who are you at a soul level? What is your intuition really telling you? Are you fighting against yourself mm -hmm. every day? Um, that's a and, great, that's a great, I mean, isn't that a great starting point? If you're, if you're, if you were, if, if I was to hire you, right. If I hired you as a mindset mentor, isn't that a place that we should start? I mean, when, I mean, for me, like, cause you know, I, I've gone through this building of this business. Right. Mm -hmm. And so I, I caught myself the other day cause somebody said, so tell me a little bit about yourself. And I was trying to think like, how, how do I respond to that question? And of course the first thing that came to mind was career, right. you know, like Absolutely. that's, that's the, 
um, aspect of me that I thought that they were asking about. And, and they actually kind of called me on it and said, oh, that's, that's kind of cool. But like, you know, who are you? Mm-hmm. And it took me a second. Well, I'm, you know, I'm a daughter and I'm a sister and I'm an aunt and I'm a wife and I'm a daughter-in-law and I'm a volunteer. And, oh, really, what's your, what are you volunteering? And they were trying to get to the aspect of like, what's the core of Amy? And, and, you know, at times I think, and I am not trying to generalize this at all, but I think as women, okay, I'm going to talk to myself as a woman, (laughs) um, I, I really, I, I think that a lot of the clients that I work with, put it that way, that are women, we all have these same things. You know, we even are a mom, you know, I didn't throw that in there because I'm not one, but you know, you're a mom, you're a sister, you're an aunt, you're a wife, you're a, um, your job is a piece of your puzzle. You probably volunteer in some way, shape or form. If you have kids, it might be in those particular events that, you know, but What's at the core of who I am as a person? And I think sometimes we get lost. We don't even know the answer to that question. In fact, I think I mentioned to you before we started recording that I had just gotten off the phone with a coach that I work with. And one of the things that she and I have spent some time on is getting back to that person. Like, Mm -hmm. who is Amy? Like, I know what I love to do and I know what I'm good at. But if I couldn't do the job that I'm doing right now what would I be? And when I first started working with her, I'm like, wow, (laughs) I have put so much energy into, I'd still be the wife and the daughter and the sister and the aunt and all that sort of stuff. But I've put so much energy into building this business that I've got to take a step back and figure out what's beyond that. Absolutely. So to me, that sounds like soul liberating. You are not alone. (laughs) And so many people really are challenged by that question when people ask them, who are you? And, you know, especially if you're in your forties, because you are at that (laughs) point where you've put a tremendous amount of effort into the identity. Yeah. And it's usually your professional identity. And, you know, if, if suddenly you didn't have to work tomorrow and you had to do something, do you know what your favorite color is? Do you know how to decorate your house? Do you know how to pick out furniture? You know, I will tell you when I I reached the age of 50, I couldn't tell you how, what I couldn't go into Lowe's and pick a paint color because I was overwhelmed. (laughs) I couldn't make choices on preference because all I knew was I'm a professional. I work in my career and I raise my children I don't know what my favorite flower is. I don't know what my favorite food is. I can't tell you what kind of music I like mm-hmm. because I really don't know myself anymore. Yeah. And so it is, a, it, there's so much to this work about getting back to yourself, learning how to feel again. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it is so frequently people shut off the capacity to feel compartmentalized because you have to get through the day Yep. because it got tough. You have too many demands. Yep. You push it down, you trench all of your feelings and all the things, your your sadness, your grief, your frustration, (laughs) your anger, your anxiety, you you tamp it down, tamp it down, tamp it down as a professional to get through the day. That's great. You got through the day, but you've tamped all this down. You might be dealing with physical manifestations of that, right? You might have some illnesses, you might have some, you know, allergies or Um, autoimmune situations that are popping up. And that's frequently because you have 
stopped feeling because it's just too scary, too hard to, oh God, please don't. Because if I have to think about that, I'm going to start to cry and I don't like to cry. I'm not going to cry. And, you know, but crying is... Gosh, darn it. Yes, exactly. And crying, but, but then you'll go to a movie theater, right? And some silly thing goes on. Next thing you know, you're sobbing and you're using your buttery napkins to wipe your eyes because the salt's getting in there because you're just like, I don't know what triggered me to suddenly release yeah. what I've been carrying around. Yeah. So connecting back to your feelings and then assessing where are you today based upon how you really want to feel, based upon what you really want to experience in your life, what you really want to do, who you really want to be. Yeah. You know, do I get back into dancing because I gave it up 20 years ago and boy, I really loved it and I felt free and I felt joyful and I felt this just amazing independence when I dance and I don't feel that now because I feel like I live in a box. Mm -hmm. Okay, well then let's reconnect with that. Maybe it's not dancing, but there are feelings that you've yeah. lost. Yeah. I think the interesting thing about that is, um, and again, I, I do, you know, these are observations. There's no statistical data behind this particular comment, but I have noticed that women that work in professions that are very male dominated even more so have that. So like I'm in finance and, you know, financial planning and there's 15% of that are women, 85% that are men. Now I've had some great male mentors, so I'm not saying anything negative about that. I'm just saying that I have always felt like I've needed to prove myself because I'm in this very narrow and it, and it's 15% now. It was a lot less when I first got into this profession. So you know, I think um, even women attorneys, I find, because I work with a, a fair amount of women attorneys, um, you know, even when they're not litigators, they are very much in that same, like we work well together because we're driven and you're focused and we laugh a little bit about things. And we, you know, once we get to know each other, we're able to kind of be like, no, 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 don't do that, don't do that. Like talk from experience. And then, you know, they're like, well, that's the pot calling the kettle black, you know? <laughs> so, <laughs> true. Teachers are another group that I work a lot with. So, you know, female attorneys, it just, so happens that this, you know, the practice has kind of grown that way. Teachers, um, women engineers, these are, these are all other than teachers, the women engineers and the attorneys and finance are very male dominated fields. Um, but teachers have different, yes. <laughs> oh my gosh, I don't know how they do it. Number one. And, and they have these demands that are coming from so many different angles on yes. um, in given day. Not that we all don't, but you know, they've got 32 students that they're dealing with all from different households and right. anything can explode at any minute. Exactly. So. And they work in an empathic environment. Teachers are awesome. so good because they are so empathic. And when you're dealing with 20 little lives <laughs> and they come from different stories and different backgrounds yeah. and they have different capabilities, you know, that emotional work of meeting the needs of 20 odd young people mm -hmm. is very draining and very hard. Yeah. And I take my hat off. I, I know. Me too. <laughs> educators. I mean, I, I wussed out and I went into corporate because it was an easier route, right? I wouldn't have to feel in corporate, right? <laughs> you know, nobody feels over here. We're just all callous and we just you know, keep our heads down and get our job done. And, you know, but consequently, I literally, when someone, I was doing a workshop, I was learning about core desired feelings and I had to Google feelings because I'm like, well, and, they, and the exercise was list five of core desired feelings. How do you want to feel? I'm like, oh, 
don't know. <laughs> you know, other than the pat answers, I want to be grateful. Yeah. Man, happy. happy yeah. Be content. And there's nothing wrong with those. Those are balance. But uh, yeah. <laughs> let's get juicy with it, right? Let's find ones that are really meaningful. It took me a good week yeah. to, for me to define my four or five words. And, and I think I'm not atypical to a lot of people who have had to just sort of become robotic, mm-hmm. press through, press on, uh, continue to meet my objectives and, and, and grow myself, um, you know, so I can support my family. And I know when you and I talked before, and I love all of that piece of it. And I know when you and I talked before, um, we talked about like you're starting this business now because you, um, you want that to be your encore career yes. sometime in the future. Yes. And so, you know, when we talk about side hustles with a lot of people, right? We're like, well, if you start the business while you're still working, yes, there's this period of pain that yes. exists because you're being pulled in two different directions. The company that you're passionate about building and you still have to do your quote unquote day job, right? But as you start to grow this particular aspect of your business, and that gives you that freedom to be able to then sort of venture off into your own. Who do you want to be working with for ideal clients? Oh, you know, I have thought a lot about this because it's the first rule of starting a business, right? You have to define who your clients are. And I went all over, I've been back and forth over and over again, trying to, you know, do I want this particular client, that particular client? And when I've come to where I am today, it's, it's a very thoughtful journey for me. But, you know, when you go back to soul limbering and understanding what your purpose is, I've done a lot of work with myself to understand why am I really here? Like, what am I really here to do? Mm-hmm. And I know based upon how I've made choices in my life that I like to help people. Mm-hmm. And I particularly like to be able to see them have the satisfaction of healing themselves through challenging situations. So I'm my ideal client is someone who, um, you know, is ready to do the work for themselves because they know something is just not working the way I want it to. I have intentions. I have aspirations. I have ambitions and I'm feeling stuck. Mm -hmm. And I know that I can fix this for myself Mm -hmm. and I'm ready to do the work. Mm -hmm. And I don't really, after that, I'm not really caring about where you are in life, what your job is. You know, if you're a a stay at home mom who wants to get back into the workforce is, is, is just as juicy of a client as Mm -hmm. as someone who wants to um, propel their career into the executive ranks of their corporation. These are all people who just want more for their life know that they've got something going on that they want to unravel, unpack, um, that they've carried with them. And I have found in the work that I've done so far that people get these aha moments and just the the gratitude that I have for watching somebody um, realize that they're free of something that has held them hostage for in their mind, in their mind uh-huh. for so long. Mm-hmm. And to just, it's almost as if they skip out of the office, you know, they're like, Oh my God, that makes so much sense. Mm-hmm. Of course. And it's almost after that, it's just serendipity. It's almost, it, it's almost magic, right? Because it's just that flick of the switch, the realization of when they first started thinking this mm-hmm. way and then going, Oh my God, that has held me back. 
for years. years. Yeah. I think when you and I met the first time, one of the things that we talked about was one of the saddest things to me is when somebody says, I only have X, Y, Z number of years to work. Right. You know, those words I only have right. are so disheartening to me because I get up in the morning, even on Mondays, I get up in the morning and I think I get to go to work today. I get to go to work today. I saw a post in one of the Facebook groups that it's like a closed group. And I can't remember which one it was where somebody said it was about the FIRE movement, which is for those that don't know what that stands for. It's financial independence, retire early. And they said that they somebody had made a statement to them about working until age like 62 or something like that. And she said, shoot me if I have to work that long. What does everybody else think about that? And I responded back and I said, I hope I get to work that long. I hope I get to work longer. I said, I think it depends on what you're doing right. and what you love, like whether you love it or not. Because I love what I do. I get to get up every single day and I get to, you know, help clients with their um, sometimes emotional, sometimes financial, sometimes a combination of the two. I get to meet fabulous people of right. all walks of life. And I get, I get, I get, yes. you know, and for me, it's one of the saddest things in the world when somebody says, I only have nine more years or I only have four more years. I'm like, right. oh my gosh, that's a lot of only. Yeah, that's a lot of time. So we got on the subject of the career mindset discussion. Right. And that's where I said, oh my gosh, I have all these clients that are like, could so use that. Like there are, yes. a, you know, and I started going down through my head and I'm like, all right, we have to figure out a way that we can work together because these people need this. Like I yes. can guide them on the compensation side. Yes. I can guide them on that piece of it, the money side of it. What I'm not is a career coach mm -hmm. um, because I have made every mistake under the sun in my career. That's good. <laughs> learn from that. But I also don't feel like that's my, um, expertise either, you know, mm -hmm. so, so we, you and I, we start talking about that more and more. And we're actually going to be doing a wine and dime event this fall. That's going to really dig into the meat and potatoes yes. of that. So, so for everybody listening, stay tuned because we're going to be announcing those um, event or announcing that event coming up here pretty soon. We're going to pick a date. And for those of you that um, are wondering about the big questions that I always ask the guests, um, I would love to know, Holly, what is your definition of success? Oh, that's a great question. Um, and it has evolved through my lifetime. You know, I think every decade that you live, your definition of success is different, right? Yeah. It's material, it's monetary, it's career title, um, it's family. Um, my definition of success is when I know exactly who I am and what I have to offer the world. And I am actually doing that work. And I am in a place where, like you, I can't wait to get up yeah. because I want to do my part and I can feel it in my soul that this is my place. Mm -hmm. And, you know, sometimes it takes a lifetime of working to get to that place where you achieve that success because yeah. for a million reasons, you can't do what your soul wants you to do, right? I mean, it's, it's just how it goes. But um, for me, success is helping others, knowing that I'm making a contribution that is helping other people's lives, helping society, helping 
this environment that we live in mm-hmm. because people are walking around in a state of malaise and you can see it, you can feel it, you can, you can feel the energy um, shifting in this country and specifically in this region. There are a lot of people who are just not making their hearts sing every day with what they do. And that's not a Pollyanna statement. Mm-hmm. It's possible to find, to get yourself to a place where you really do feel every day like you're getting up and you're doing meaningful, purposeful right. work right. and your soul feels good about it. Yeah. And you are not looking to, you know, get the heck out. Right. It's, 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 I have nine more wonderful years that I'm going to experience, right. not only nine years. It's that right. mindset change it too. It is yeah. the mindset change. Yeah. Yeah. And it's navigating all those, all those, you know, tricky decisions and, yeah. you know, scary, scary turns. Yeah. And I think one of the things about our area too, in particular, is that, you know, we have a couple of big employers here in this area and that, that really is our limitation. We're not a big metropolis area. Right. You know, there isn't a lot of movement from company to company, but there is a lot of company, right? Yeah. So, so, but sometimes again, it goes back to that fear that exists. And I remember reading down through the list of all of the different mindset changes and, and questions that were being asked. And it was a lot about irrational fear, yes. right? A ton about irrational fear. Yes. And, um, and it, it made me question a few things too, not so much about my job, but about like, you, you know, why haven't I traveled here? Is it, it's not because I'm not, it's not because I'm afraid to, it's about taking the time off from work to do it. Right. right. Well, is that like my clients would support that when it comes right back to it, like they right. would support me traveling. So what am I worried about? Especially now, because I have, you know, so many team members that would cover for me, you know, those are, but those are things like, you know, that when you're in the seat of the leader, you're thinking, okay, you've got to be this person. And that's totally irrational, right? Absolutely. (laughs) And that's the, that's the beauty of mindset work is it's hard to dodge the questions. Yeah. And it's, it's, is it real or not? Right. Is it real or isn't it real? (laughs) And if it isn't real, then let's talk about that. Yeah. And let's put a plan in place and let's not make it scary because you know, the other part too is adventurous. Let's make it adventurous. (laughs) Let's make that your core desire feeling. I want to feel adventurous. I want to feel wonder. I want to feel, um, you know, excited and I want to, be doing things that are different. And I think too, we, because we often put our own self-imposed limitations on ourselves, right? Because we're afraid of failure. We're afraid of not being perfect. We're afraid of not being enough or worthy or capable. Yeah. And risk is scary. Risk is scary. And it's also very rewarding once you're on the other side. Oh, it is. And you know, you need a few good failures to just Absolutely. Oh, and I could, yeah. Uh, we could spend a whole other hour talking about yeah, those. <laughs> that's a whole other day. But um, yeah, so for so, so for me, success really is. I mean, being able to make an impact in someone else's life. I'm jazzed. I am jazzed, and I'm good to go for the day. Check that mark. I'm ready for tomorrow. <laughs> um, so that's my definition of success. And what feeds your soul? Um, helping other people. Yeah, it truly does. And it took me a long time to realize that. And I'll be honest with you, it um, part of my journey of discovering that was looking back on my ability and capacity. I was very, I had this great success professionally, but my personal life and my relationships were a disaster. Mm. And I have not ever really experienced that fabulous connection that was healthy and functional. Mm. And I realized, oh, you know why? Because I have this need 
to help people, to fix people, to fix people. Yes. Mm -hmm. And so what was I doing? I was finding, I was surrounding myself with broken people in many aspects of my life. And then going, I love it. I can really work with this person. I can fix them. And you can't. What happens is just destruction. Mm -hmm. So I've now gotten to the other side of that through all of my training and all of my work. I realized I need to be doing this with people who are ready to change Mm -hmm. because that's the work. I can help people Mm -hmm. and I can get people to the other side. Believe me, there's nothing people can tell me that I haven't (laughs) that will shock me um, or, or, you know, alarm me. I've had, I would love to share my story with anyone who will listen and there's an up and down and there are scars and tears and fabulous, joyful moments. Um, but you know, it, it, it really is just about acknowledging all of that and being able to help other people. And then I'll feel like, okay, I'm doing the work of my mm-hmm. life uh, and why I've been put here. And you're now accepting clients. Correct? I am accepting this is, clients. This is yes, the time that you're now, I mean, your business is open. You are running, as Absolutely. I mentioned earlier, it's www.holly.com seeger like bob seeger.com and i keep joking about that because i totally brutalized her name when i first asked the pronunciation <laughs> so i'm trying to help everybody else from doing that so holly is the website like i mentioned earlier on your website it actually says the executive mentor but you are expanding well beyond that you and i are going to yes. be doing some work together yes, i'm so excited very excited about that and for people that are interested or have questions they can email you at holly at hollyseeger.com and um please stay tuned for the events that are going to be coming up online and time um we're very excited about that and i so appreciate you taking time out of your busy day and that will about do it for today's episode of wine and dime you can contact amy through the website www.rootedpg.com or amy at rootedpg.com you can also follow us on facebook and instagram at rootedpg for the latest news And if you have any questions, comments, or topics you would like to hear about, feel free to let us know. And don't forget to rate and subscribe the show wherever you get your podcasts. And again, thank you for listening and be sure to tune in next time.